Coming up on the WAC Podcast, we are just one week away from the WAC Basketball Preview Shows. We'll do a preview of the previews, if you will. Kendra is back, and she's back in studio. Went on a road trip to Utah Tech. We'll hear all about her trip to St. George. DCU had a fantastic midnight madness. Seattle U men's soccer ranked 17th in the country. A couple of cross-country teams also ranked. We're going to have UTRGV volleyball coach Todd Lowry on and Jess Radford stops by to talk volleyball and women's soccer. That's all ahead on the WAC Podcast. Dun, 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 dun. This WAC Podcast is brought to you by our friends at University Credit Union, the official financial institution partner of the Western Athletic Conference. Man, it just feels so good to say that phrase because that means the WAC Podcast is back. Missed you guys last well, it was, week. It was here. It was here. It didn't go anywhere. You just went I somewhere. did. But now I'm here returning. I mean, you guys really held it down. Do you even need me anymore? Oh, <laughs> we do need you. And actually, so you were gone last week on your WAC road trip yeah, that's right. to Utah that's Tech, St. Right. George, Utah. Tell us your first time to Utah Tech, I believe. It is. I did drive past it on my way to Cedar City, southern Utah. It's about 40 miles past St. George. Okay. So I waved hi bye to it before. So very familiar with the drive. Flew into Vegas, and it's a really, really pretty drive as, as you go through the mountains. I mean, it's just did gorgeous. You ever, did you ever see the movie Cars? Yes, Lightning McQueen. Did it, did it remind you of uh, Radiator Springs? Remember the drive? Oh, yes. Cars? I kind of forgot I don't about know that. if that's what they patterned it after, but it reminds me of that when you take that. Of course, St. George much bigger than Radiator Springs. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it was it was beautiful weather, beautiful time. Got to go to two national parks, Snow Canyon and Zion, which is a bit further. Um, really would like to spend more time there. There were a couple big spots that were big hiking spots angels landing was one in zion but that was a, a wee bit further and deeper mm. into the park and that was about you know five mile hike or whatever but um unpaved so it would take a long time so definitely a bucket list to circle back to but uh yeah got to do some other cool things got to uh watch the men's basketball team as they're doing a lot of community service part of their mantra unite the community unite the fam um, so they were handing out waters at the St. George Marathon and then double dutied. Some of those, uh, guys who were handing out water were also at the football game that night being the, the football holders on the sidelines. So very, very busy weekend. Utah Tech played Stephen F. Austin in football. It was a big upset last year. Remember Stephen F. in the preseason was a top 20 ranked team. Utah Tech, I think was picked to finish last in the WAC. Now we're in the UAC. I believe Stephen F. was also, you know, higher ranked than Utah Tech, and Utah Tech once again got their number. You know, for for Stephen F. Austin fans, I think I got to stop going to uh, <laughs> those games. I think I'm 0 4 for them on any football game that I've been to, especially since I was at that game. That S- yeah. Um, oh, Battle of the Piney two, Woods. Yeah. Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State. And then. Utah Tech. Wow. And then here again, they so- I showed no up. No HTO they were like, for you. Oh, no, she's here. <laughs> yeah, because I was at that game in Nacogdoches when yeah. uh, Utah Tech got that last-minute stop and, and similar kind of thing here. Uh, though there was a moment where Utah Tech could have uh, – guy was running to the end zone, Chris Street – 
all he needed to do was stop at the one yard line that could have taken a knee and been done. He kind of, I think he thought about it and then kind of stumbled into the end zone. There was too much momentum. So then that, that forced Stephen F to get the ball back. They were up Utah tech up by two scores at that point. Stephen F Austin gets a touchdown, tries to do a hail Mary. Doesn't work. Utah tech pulls out their win. Oof. First win at home this year. And then start in the UAC one and oh. And the football stadium there, slash soccer stadium, uh, Greater Zion Stadium, I yes. believe. Um, just seeing the pictures looks beautiful. It does. It's got that nice mountain backdrop uh, that that's uh, very, very beautiful. And then they've made some upgrades to their press box. I believe it was finished last year, but they've definitely made some, some upgrades to the structure. They have a lower floor uh, for all the boosters and the presidents. That's pretty nice. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it was a fun trip. Good to see. And uh, yeah, then got to stick around for the uh, the soccer match the next day, which is yeah. pretty cool. And we'll get into that in a little bit here. We Put sure a pin will. in that pin. For, for a minute here. Uh, but you did mention that you talked to some men's basketball players. You talked to some women's basketball players as well. Apropos, because next week you're going to be talking to some of those same student athletes during our Whack Back basketball preview shows. That's going to be Monday and Tuesday, the women on Monday, starting at 10 a.m. Central Time. You and Reagan Peebley will be the hosts of that, and we're also going to have some special guests that we can announce now. Yes, we can. Violet Palmer is, is going to be on the women's show along with Ken Pomeroy. Ken Palm, if you will. That's right. The world-renowned uh, basketball statistical guru who has a lot to do with our resume seating system. He will be on both shows, and then Jeff Goodman will be on the men's show on day number two along with Mike O'Donnell as your co-host, and both of those guys talked, and I recorded that interview uh, this past weekend, and it's got a lot of good nuggets about WAG basketball. And it's always fun when you see a guy like Jeff Goodman and Mike O'Donnell, for that matter, who are both on the national stage talking whack hoops. But uh, the the amount of knowledge Jeff Goodman has, even about uh, about the WAC, about all kind of, I mean, he covers NBA, he covers college, he covers high school. He lives and breathes basketball, and it, he's just a lot of fun to talk to. Yeah, I'm super excited uh, uh, to, to listen to that interview and get a chance to talk to Violet Palmer and uh, Ken Pomeroy. And we've got a lot of fun <laughs> things that are going to be for Matt basketball preview shows Monday, Tuesday, so you got to tune in on ESPN Plus all day. And to get you super pumped about basketball, you just have to look up GCU's Midnight Madness and what they did. Every single year, Kendra, this is always a highlight and this was on a Friday night, and you see the crowds that were there, you know, standing room only, and this year it was Electro Madness was the theme. They always have a theme. They do such a great job at GCU uh, getting, you know, everybody pumped up, and you had a chance to be a Havoc for a day last year. You can only imagine what Midnight Madness must be like. Well, I can remember having to sprint through the gates, up the stairs and around to get one of those top spots uh, for the basketball game. That's how the Havocs do it. They line up outside, and when the Given the signal, they all sprint inside. So I can just imagine what that would be like, what the wait, how long people would maybe camp out because there were students camping out last time for a game before that midnight madness. I mean, it's just got to be a blast. And especially for the players, man, that's got to hype them up for the season. And we were thinking last year, <laughs> something to do with leather was the thing. Yes. I don't remember exactly what it was. I do remember Bryce Drew. He was in uh, leather, in leather pants, pants. And, and I remember Molly... talking about 
leather pants with them. You yes. Yeah. yeah. So now we get to talk uh, their outfits for Electro Magnus. <laughs> and I can't wait to hear where they shop for these, how long it takes for them to prepare these outfits. Uh, things like that. Those are the important questions I think people want to know, not about the team, but where did you get your outfit? <laughs> you know, one of my first years here back when, when Dan Marley was the coach of the GCU Lopes, they had a theme. I think it was Mad Max was the theme. And he came riding in on a motorcycle. Oh, wow. <laughs> and and he admitted that, uh, yeah, it was it was tough to control that thing in the gym. Yeah. Could you imagine a wipeout there? And there was another time he propelled down from the ceiling. Oh, uh, kind of like a pink. I think it, that may have been the Pirates of the Caribbean Ooh. theme, and came like down on a rope. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so they they it. are super creative at GC with their Midnight Madness, and we're excited to see. I know there's some other Midnight Madnesses. What's the plural for that? Madnesses, madness, Madni. Mad <laughs> more Madni coming up. We'll see. We'll see some more of those coming up. We have our cross country championships coming up in uh, just a few weeks now. It's it's right upon us here. And the CBU women ranked number 12 in the country, Utah Valley number 24. So looking forward to that event to see those two top 25 ranked teams in person in Abilene, Texas. And the CBU men cross country team, they're currently ranked number 14. CBU women, by the way, yeah, Greta Karanuskite, who was the number two runner what was that in the 5K uh, in, in Austin, Chase, Texas? Maybe? Steeplechase. Yes, yes, you're correct. Steeplechase. It was uh, number two in the nation. She is uh, right now the top runner for the CBU women ranked number 12 in the country. When we come back, we're going to talk some men's soccer here on the WAC Podcast. Don't go away. Men's soccer. Let's start with our players of the week brought to you by Ticket Smarter. The offensive player of the week goes to Tyler Ware of UNLV. And the Rebels, it, it seems, Kendra, have uh, gotten off the schneid. They, they had some uh, big victories recently, including a winning at the Air Force Academy and uh, seem to be in, in better shape and good shape but to make that whack tournament. Yeah, I think when uh, you're hosting the tournament that year, there's a lot more motivation. Or pressure. Pressure. You don't want to be having to literally see the WAC tournament come to your home field and not be a part of it. So I think they recognize the pressure. They've they've been in the league now for some time. They understand what it takes to get to the top. And, you know, they're slowly moving. So that's very exciting for, for the Rebels, really. Take it smarter. Defensive player of the week, Clayton Duarte from Grand Canyon. The Lopes come up with a big tie at home against Seattle U, now ranked number 17 in the country, the Red Hawks. So for GCU to come away with a tie, only give up one goal, uh, some great defense being played by the Lopes. Absolutely. And, you know, Seattle U is a tough team right now. They're sitting at the top of, of the league right now. So that was a, a big game for them and credit to the defense. Nolan Premack is our goalkeeper of the week from California Baptist, somebody you know pretty well here in terms of their backstory cbu uh, has a big one coming up on sunday as they will play against seattle u perhaps our regular season match of the year yeah yeah that no that's that's going to be a really exciting one uh looking forward to that one you know just some other interesting things to note because i had mentioned the utah's Tech men's right, soccer. you were there Sunday. Yeah, I was. I was able to see a good majority of that match. I know Utah Tech was pretty excited going in. They were two and zero in conference and they play. San Jose State. 
Yes. So San Jose State was one and one, um, and just really incredible performance once again by David Sweeney. Career uh, got his 19th career shutout. The the previous game when they were playing UNLV, actually he broke the career saves record at San Jose State, and so this is his final year. So he's a veteran presence, and that whole team really, you know, I remember a lot of those guys from the WAC tournament last year and the year before. So. And Simon Tobin, the head coach, always does a great job. Now, they did lose to UNLV last week, so it shows you maybe UNLV seems to be back on track because they won a big uh, match at Tulsa. They beat San Jose State, and then they beat Air Force, so maybe they are a team to be reckoned with at this point. But San Jose State really kind of put a thumping on, on Utah Tech in that match. Yeah, didn't um, I think I think it was a good awakening for Utah Tech. They're they're a team that wants to make the WAC tournament, and to do that, you have to get through a team like San Jose State. They got past Utah Valley, which was exciting for them because Utah Valley, I believe, if I'm correct, am I correct? I sure am. Two to one. <laughs> Way to go. I know. So you know, I think that was a good measuring standpoint for them early in conference play to to be able to figure some some things out defensively, especially. Well, that's very exciting. So that wraps up our segment on men's soccer. When we come back, it's going to be Jess Radford talking women's soccer and volleyball. You're listening to the WAC Podcast. It's Jess coming up next. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. Eric Danner, Kendra Sheehan, now joined by Jess Radford, our co-host last week. It's Jess. She uh, she filled in for the injury Kendra Sheehan out with a... Bad knee. Yep. <laughs> I'm back. I've been day to day, but I got the call up this morning. Active. So. So Jess, as you may or may not know, is our media relations contact for women's soccer and volleyball. So we bring her on the show to discuss both those things. Might want to move your mic up a little bit. There, there you go. go. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Outstanding. So women's soccer. Can you believe two weeks to go in two the regular weeks. season? Absolutely Where crazy. The, where's the year gone? Where is the time going? Not here. Where they? <laughs> it is pretty crazy. It just just yesterday we were doing the women's soccer preview awards. I know, and here it is. In fact, we could have a team clinch. We could have probably more than one team clinch this weekend, but Absolutely. we could have a team clinch Thursday if my math is correct. Utah Valley could clinch a spot in the WAC tournament, even though they are not playing on Thursday. Yes. Right now, five one. And our conference standings, and nobody's really touching that at the moment. So five zero and one. Yes, five zero yeah. and one. Yeah. So they have one five tied one, and, and so we go by points in yes. in women's soccer. So they have sixteen. So three points for a victory, one yes. point for a tie. So it's a little different, maybe than some other sports where it's winning percentage, or in basketball where it's our resume seeding system that yes. determines not the top eight, but then where you're ranked within that top eight. But as far as um, other teams to watch Seattle U all of a sudden like hot streak <laughs> a couple weeks ago we're talking what's wrong with Seattle U now we're talking about yeah what's number right two seed, Seattle U I think the they were previous to last week I think they were number five in the standings and over these past two weeks they have been bumping up to second right now in the conference well second in points let's say that you know I don't want to say and if you remember last week we were talking for the so, sorry Kendra so yeah <laughs> Kendra has no clue what I, I watch I listen while I'm away so so last week we're talking volleyball Stephen F. Austin GCU were one and two and they matched up mm -hmm. and you said this always happens mm -hmm. you know earlier in the year 
this week, Utah Valley, Seattle U, they match up <laughs> against each other, and that'll be on Saturday. I think it's so crazy how this year's like shaping out. It's always like when you have two top contenders or you're neck and neck with a school, it's like you're playing them the next week. As soon as it happens, as soon as you're right there, it's like, well, next week is going to determine who's on top of you know those two teams so I think it's funny I love to watch it. it's very interesting because I'm always tied or tuned into those games because those are really good games um so it's been an interesting streak we've been on one of my favorite segments when we do the podcast I do the little clips now on TikTok and I've been using when we talk about whacked up play the last two weeks oh yeah okay so I'm making sure to look at the camera here now oh Seattle use Kaylee Cotney with our whack top play and Kendra this was uh, from way downtown. Yeah, so she intercepted the pass and then just kind of lobbed it over. You love to see that because when you're so far back, as you guys know, I was a <laughs> high school club goalkeeper. High school high club. school goalkeeper, later club. a club goalkeeper. Yes. What? You were later a club. Yes, later a club you goalkeeper. You weren't a club goalkeeper. Well, right. well, maybe you were in high school. I don't know. I was too, actually. Yeah, okay. yeah we're being Boom. technical. But anyway, point point that I was making with this story was that the goalkeeper is out of the box further uh, when the ball is a little bit downfield. So lobbing it over, you know, she couldn't make it back in no time. It's just a great, I mean, great shot, great location, and a really cool moment for her. Now, I looked up the press release and said, 50 yards. 50 yards. I, I, how far is midfield to the goal? Do you know that off the top of your head? You're going to ask me a question now. I'm going to look stupid. You so played soccer. That that's not a real soccer player then. She doesn't know. Uh, <laughs> I can yeah, tell you, football about, field's 100 yards. I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's 100. It's just no one's ever asked me that. But I think a soccer field's longer than The 18-yard box is all I had to worry about that. That's the goalkeeper's Because that's what I was wondering is, right. yeah. All right. We're, we got to effort that, but yeah. anyway, um, great goal by Kaylee Cotney, the WACTA play of the week. CBU and GCU, I don't know if you heard this, I had a chance to talk to Chris Sissel last week. We sure did. Head coach GCU, shout out. Uh, and that was kind of our match of the week last week was CBU against GCU. They wind up in a one-to-one tie. Tied. CBU scoring on a header in the 81st minute. Love the header shots. My dad used to promise I could get $35 if I ever headed into the goal. I never did. So I never saw that money, but to be able to time that up, it as you know, that's something that you guys work on in practice. That yeah. was really, that was really impressive. Outstanding playing CBU, by the way, still undefeated. They have several ties, but have not lost any matches in WAC play. And they are going to be hosting the WAC women's soccer tournament. And that starts on October 29th. My goodness. Mayan alive, right? The day after your birthday. I know. I don't know if you know. Golden Day, right? Yeah. Yeah. Twenty-eight on the twenty-eighth. I had no idea that Golden Birthday was a thing because me either. Were you one when you had yours? Sixteen, but I didn't know. Mine was eighteen. I don't feel like I celebrated it when I was eighteen. Big moments you could have had. I've been waiting years for this. Big birthday though. Twenty-seven. Sixteen's kind of a big birthday. Eighteen's yeah. a big birthday. Twenty-one's a big birthday. Eighteen, you're grown, and then well, nobody 20. cares. After yes. That. <laughs> well, no. Thirty. Thirty. Yeah, thirty's. A big I mean, one. I mean, not for the right 50. reasons, I guess, because then it's like thirty, What's forty, the right, fifty, sixty. What is the wrong reason for turning thirty? People don't yeah. want to acknowledge. <laughs> He's still young now, <laughs> but people don't want to acknowledge being. No. Yeah. Five is a big birthday. Just turned twenty-five. So. <laughs> 
quarter century. That's yeah, big. no, it is big. He I, can I, rent a car. I had a big birthday within the last like year and a half, and nobody cared. Here's the deal: Which if you don't cool. care about your birthday, no one can care for you. You have to <laughs> put it out. True. You got to let people know. You got to remind them. And I tell remember them Dave Chaffin had the same birthday that I just had, like a few years before me. And it was like up on the scoreboard at, at the scoreboard. baseball state. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're in Mesa because his birthday's in May. Uh-huh. And oh, happy birthday. And then Dave Chaffin, you know, with his picture that looks like, you know, they took it 25 years ago. You know, that one. Dave, if you're listening. <laughs> shots. New no, not, actually, Dave looks fantastic in headshots. And in person, too. But. Well, yeah. through Zoom, I've, oh, no, actually, I have seen him once in person. He does. He still looks like his headshot. Yeah. Yeah. He's he probably looked the same when he was twenty two years old. We love that. Yeah. Love not that. aging. Wait, so how old are you? Because you're not saying it. Um, I, I said I had a big birthday. Yeah, what was the big birthday? Similar to Dave Chaffin. We're not sharing birthdays. Yeah, we're not sharing. <laughs> you should be able age. to figure this out. I don't want to say. He was born when Tupac was born. Yeah. Tupac. Thirty eight. Thirty eight? Thirty eight. Two has been dead for like 25 years. They just arrested someone right here. Okay. He was born. You. Eric Danner was born in 1971. If you guys are wondering, and it was on the day of June 16th. <laughs> Math is hard. Same state. We were oh. born same day, same state. Nobody's ever seen us together. Yeah, because he, he <laughs> was not pushed at birth. <laughs> anyway, if you're if you're if you're gonna like have a secret life. If you're Tupac, Tupac, I mean, what better way to do it than to do it as me? I was about to say a conspiracy You theory, see, they man. finally arrested someone in the I killing? did. Yeah, they, they did. They finally arrested somebody after like 25 years. I know. Mm-hmm. Imagine thinking 25 years, you're You're, you're good. And then there is. And now like, you're done. <laughs> now, so you're going to be at men's soccer. Yes. We'll be out there for uh, Black soccer. Vegas, but not too far from the hotel that we usually stay at men's soccer is where Tupac was killed. Oh, great. Nice. And you you can go over there and um, Chris Thompson, who used to work in the office, he went over there to see it because it's like a kind of a tourist destination. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there was somebody pouring out a 40. Uh, (laughs) I was about to say, is it kind of like JFK here? But I guess not. It's not quite as uh, organized. Oh, okay. You're not getting like a tour. Tours. Yeah. You're not paying 40 bucks for a tour. It's okay. just like, oh, yeah, that's where Tupac got shot. Well, I mean, it is a president compared to a rapper. So, I. <laughs> but it's Tupac. True. Iconic. Yeah. Yikes. Anyway, uh, men's soccer. <laughs> so let's go back to uh, women's soccer. So, Ticket Smarter, Women's Soccer Players of the Week brought to you by Ticket Smarter. <laughs> I said Ticket Smarter brought to you by Ticket Smarter. Yeah. Uh, Heather Steinbrook, Utah Valley. The Wolverines, they, they just keep rolling their offense how many different offensive players have they had as offensive player of the week three or four i feel like three or four yeah at this point it's just like they're unstoppable at this point because faith weber is tied for third in the nation in goals scored i believe yes or her and gianna is both 14 goals yeah, 14. on the season so they, they lead the whack in scoring but they're both tied for third in the nation that's in about goal to be an interesting offensive player of the year sure love it, it. i can't wait it's gonna be a nail-biter our defensive player of the week kate <laughs> raffensberger from seattle u as we mentioned the red hawks have been on a tear uh, they beat uh abilene christian and tarleton th- this past week and then brianna hoffines from utah tech is our goalkeeper of the week clean sheets clean sheets clean sheets <laughs> We love it. We love shutouts. 
No. Did you ever have like a shutout? I mean, school? do I have to go back? <laughs> if I have to go back to these days and relive them, I will. Uh, my PE teacher at the time, my senior year, thought it'd be great. Actually, I don't think he was my PE teacher. It's just the same hour as PE leader. So I was like a senior helping with younger classmen. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and so he thought it'd be cool if I wore a shutout headband. It literally said shut out and it was like a sweatband. And I'm sure as opposing teams got close for me and saw that on my head, nothing wanted probably oh, that yeah. they'd want more store. than yeah, just to yeah. probably hit it off my head. That's a shut out and knock that thing off. But yeah, I've had numerous. So that was where I was leaving with that story. Oh man. Oh, she had numerous. So good. Oh. It's just like just I okay, first yeah. off, you were not gonna back to that. I had numerous blocks. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, speaking of blacks and volleyball, third week of conference play, SFA still undefeated, 6-0. and And not only that, 18-1 and in sets. So they, they've only dropped one set. That was this past week to CBU. Mm-hmm. Swept GCU and what we yes. called the match of the week. And I watched that game, too. And it was crazy because I, I think – I know the first two sets. Um, I was watching the UTA Cal Baptist um, game when the third set came. But – GCU was ahead in both of the first and second set. And then right about 18, 19 points, SFA is just like taking off and, and getting a set. So GCU was fighting back and I loved it. It was a really good game. Um, But SFA is just, oh my gosh, they're just really, really good. They have multiple key players. And when one person is off because their middle, Isabella Ortiz, yeah. she wasn't as hot as she usually is against Grand Canyon. But Aaliyah, oh, I don't know her last name. Yes, yeah. Dallas was literally... Sl- Blocking them. Yeah, she was our whack. number three top player yeah. of the week. Number so she, three. She held it down for them for the middle position. But... And she's a graduate student. Mm. So uh, Isabella Ortiz, I believe, a sophomore. sophomore. Yeah, so, she still got time. Yeah, they uh, they they have a great team and they are rolling. Uh, GCU, uh, they're still in second place and they actually will be traveling to UTRGV. So a trip back to Texas Tough. again this week to take on Todd Lowry in the Vaqueros and. Kendra had a chance to sit down and chop it up with Coach Lowry. I sure did. That segment's rolling up next. You definitely want to tune in for it. But, yeah, no, the Vic Arrows, you know, they hosted volleyball last year, and they were in the WAC tournament last year and did very well, obviously. Um, so exciting to, you know, see they've got a lot of veteran presence back as well. So they're still fighting and, you know, sitting third in the standings right now. Well, they're tied conference-wise. Conference-wise, you're right. You're we're right. Grand Canyon, yeah. See, again. So I bring in the expert. In RGV, they have won four in a row, including uh, they swept Utah Valley at Utah Valley this past weekend. That's the site of the WAC tournament this year. And Utah Valley, Samatoa always has a tough team to beat. So that was kind of an eyebrow raiser, seeing RGV sweep them. And by the way, they've won four in a row, won all the sets, 12-0 and 0 in those sets. So they are rolling right now. Sweet, rolling. Sweet. So they get to play GCUs. That's, a, that's the one I got circled this week. Yeah. Big game right there. Oh, man. Like I said, for soccer, when you're neck and neck with somebody next week. Boom. You're <laughs> on the schedule. The schedule remains undefeated. SFA, by the way, they will host Tarleton and Abilene Christian. I noticed this watching their match this past weekend in the pressure cooker. Have you seen that? That's yes, I've call... seen that tweet now. They call their gym the pressure cooker. I actually like that. Gym. Yeah, so it gets pretty loud if you've seen I mean, it seems standing room only. Mm-hmm. It's, it's loud in there. So we had a really small gym at Norfolk State. And when it get packed, it, it can scare the opposing team really, well, really. I've seen the pictures. That's a small gym. <laughs> All right. Whoa. I'm so over you. 
<laughs> now that is it for black talk. I know you with the age, but I said thirty eight because I was being nice with you. <laughs> Putting my foot down. Is... <laughs> Me and Tupac. There are just shots being fired all. We thought she thought this thirty eight like if you had survived. No, I was not trying to. You look yeah. young. Oh, I was not going to say fifty. So I could have yeah. said fifty five. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Folks, that is all the time we have here today. <laughs> Coming up next, we're going to have Todd Lowry, UTRGV volleyball coach. You're listening to the WAG Podcast. He's so good. <laughs> Welcome back to the WAG Podcast. I'm Kendra Sheehan, now joined by UTRGV women's volleyball head coach, Todd Lowry. Todd, thank you so much for joining the show. and. The Vaqueros are in a bit of a win streak, winning four games in a row and sweeping all of those opponents. What do you like about this team so far? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having us on. Um, you know, I think the thing that's the most exciting about this team is just their continuous growth. You know, I feel like we're getting better. And as we came into this season, we knew with a whole bunch of new faces on the roster and a whole bunch of first contact being brand new, um, that, that we were going to have some ups and downs. And I thought we started the season really well. Um, and then we were just on the road through preseason so much. I felt like we identified some problems and, and weren't really able to address them because I just felt like we weren't getting enough practice time. But uh, as we settled into WAC play and, an, and a consistent schedule, that I just felt like the girls have gone back into the gym and really gone to work and worked on the things that we've been talking about. And so that's the defensive effort and, and keeping balls alive and, and getting cleaning up our offense a little bit. But those are the things that I think we've talked about working on. And I think those are the things that have steadily improved over the last three or four matches. Last year, you were the WAC coach of the year what you guys were able to do last year. A lot of those same players are returning this year. How much growth have you seen in those players that have returned to help guide this team and get back to the postseason championship? Yeah, some of those kids that played a huge role for us last year, obviously, Luana, um, Louisa, and Paris, and Margarita, and, and even Claudia to, to an extent. Like I felt like those kids continue to improve, and um, I think Paris has had an amazing start to the season. And... I think sometimes she goes a little unnoticed and then all of a sudden you look up and she's hitting 500 and has 11 kills on not very many swings. So um, what she's been able to do, I think just continues to impress and she just, she's just gotten better every single year that she's been here. She's been a starter every year, but her impact for what she provides to the team has just grown every year. And then um, I think this is the best Louisa that we've seen. Uh, um, in her time at UTRGV, I think she's completely healthy for the most part and was able to really push herself in the spring and ha has had a great start. And um, I, I think Luana just becomes more and more comfortable um, every year. And I think that just extends the things that she does that are so out of the ordinary as far as what a traditional setter does. And I think that creates so much pressure on other teams. And, and I think she's just grown like maturity wise, I mean, she's always been phenomenal, phenomenal on the court, but that, that comfortability with, with the system and her, her comfortability to have the space to do those things that are kind of unorthodox um, has made her really hard, to, hard to stop this year. When you look ahead at your future schedule, you're going to host Grand Canyon and, um, uh, Cal Baptist CB. Yeah. CBU. Um, <laughs> 
Grand Canyon, Stephen F. Austin, the only two teams that are ahead of you in the standings right now. What's so important about having Grand Canyon come into your facility and be able to take care of business in this next one? Yeah, I mean, it's it's one that we definitely have start on the calendar. And we knew coming into the year that this weekend would be a big weekend. Um, we haven't had Grand Canyon here in the regular season in a while, just with the shifting schedules and everything that's worked. So we're kind of excited um, to, to get them on our home court and, and have a real shot at them. And, um, you know, obviously a super talented team, the job Tim's done there has just, just been this steady progression to where they just are better and better every year. And I think what makes them tough is that there, there's some good depth on that team. So if somebody has an off night, you don't feel like it, you're going to get a break just because somebody has a bad night. And so I think that's going to be a challenge for us is like, we're going to really have to take care of our side of the court and put a lot of pressure on them, knowing that we're probably not going to break somebody down on that team, because if we do, they're just going to put somebody else in and they're just as good as whoever they're going to take off the court. So I think that'll be our challenge against GCU, but um, obviously a really good team and a well-coached team and somebody we always enjoy playing against. So I think it's going to be a fun match here on Thursday night. When you look at some of those key players that you had mentioned before, Paris Key currently leads the team in kills. How does having a player like that who can just elevate their game and be able to, to score so many points and shift the momentum of matches help elevate the rest of the players around them? When you see Paris getting, you know, 11 plus kills, you know, how does that help bring the level of, of her teammates up as well, trying to rise to that level? Yeah, I think the thing that, her ability to score at a high level and a high efficiency this year, what it's really done is it's um, it's taken pressure off of some of the other girls. And by the, by people having to commit a little bit more to Paris, um, it, it's given some other people some really some good space on the court. And I think people want to step up and they want to score. And they're like, okay, there's two blocks. There's been nights where people have committed two blocks to Paris all night long and our outsides are like, okay, we got to step up and we got to get it done because we got a single block out here. And so they do, they, they want to rise to the occasion and support her when it's, you know, when the defense decides to try to take her away, then they're like, we have to step up and do our job. So um, there, there's that self self-awareness on our team that they know what's kind of happening, what the other team's trying to take away from us and when they need to step up. So it's been really good. Is there a player that, has stepped up more in, especially with conference play starting up that you didn't necessarily expect, but really provided that, that spark off the bench that you were looking for. Um, yeah, I think Julie Bryant's come in uh, at times and has given us something special in the middle and she's going to be a special player for sure before she leaves here. And um, just as a freshman, I, I mean, she comes in and like just hits the first ball she's in, like Luana sets her and she hits just rockets like right out of the gate. And and I think that's that's been unique. It's definitely turned the momentum for us in, in several games or sets where we've been tight and she can literally just go in and get two or three points on two or three swings. And, and that's that's unique off the bench. But as a as a true freshman, I think she's starting to make a bigger impact. And then I think Alana has settled down in conference play more than she was in preseason. And I thought she's passing the ball better much, much better. And that's allowed us to stay in system a little bit more. So those two, as far as conference play, I think have kind of elevated everybody else is, is still doing a good job. How much more uh, commanding of the offense has Luana become this year as she's just really in charge of facilitating those plays and, and getting the balls where they need to be. 
Yeah, I, I think she's in just complete control at, at this point this year. I think she's comfortable with all the hitters. Like you said, I think we, our first contact is basically all new from last year. But as far as those key hitters, they're all back from, from last year other than probably Alana and Nadine. So um, just her comfortability with everybody and, and doing unique things. And they're like, okay, we got to be ready all the time. Like if somebody gives her the free ball, she's probably going to set us on two. Yeah, you know, and those kind of things, those risks that she's willing to take, I think that's probably the biggest thing that we see this year. She's willing to take a lot more of those type of risks because she's comfortable one with our staff being like, okay, go for it. You know, like that's what makes you, you, you know, that's what makes her hard to stop. And also teammates around her that are just like, okay, I got to be ready all the time or, or I'm going to look bad. And she's going to let me know that I made her, her look bad. So I think that's, it's been fun. It's been fun to watch in the gym. Lastly, anything that anything that you're focusing on in practice, just to fine tune, clean up as we're just a little bit over a month out from our tournament. Yeah, I I feel like we we've really like focused in on our service service. We feel like, I mean, if we can keep the ball in the Juana's hand somewhere close to the net, then we're gonna give our opportunities to to score points. So uh cleaning up our service and the number of passes that we can pass perfect instead of just putting up somewhere. And and same thing on the transition defense. Uh we feel like we we got some work to do on the block, you know, and I think they're starting to trust the defense and the block and defense working together instead of independently. And I thought we saw a pretty good job of that against Utah, Utah Valley. I thought we dug a lot of balls to target that allowed us to get into a good transition offense. So those have been the focuses, and that, that's where we kind of feel like that we need to improve to have to give ourselves a shot in, in the tournament. Thank you so much, Coach Lowry, for being on. That is Todd Lowry, the head women's volleyball coach at UTRGV. You can catch the Vaqueros in action this Thursday as they host Grand Canyon, a 6.30 p.m. Central Time tip on ESPN+. Thank you for listening to the WAC Podcast.